The Girls Uninterrupted with Brody Kane, Caitlin Merritt, and Gracie Taylor. Kia ora girls, welcome to The Girls Uninterrupted. Tonight is going to be out the gate fun, out the gate fun, because it's the merging, it's the scissoring of two female podcasts. Um, <laughs> did you like that? So I just came up with that just then. Um, we have two wonderful wahine beaming in from Australia tonight. Our good friends Jules and Jodes from Good Bitch Podcast. They are... Quote, sassy millennials helping you navigate this shitstorm called life. So between the five of us and our powers combined, you are in really, really good hands. Jules and Jodes, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. The collaboration the world needed. Absolutely. (laughs) I think it's great as well. We will talk more on this as well about women lifting up women and and supporting that. And I, so it was great to speak to you both um, on your, on Good Bitch Podcast uh, last week. And it's great to have you on. Let's just, um, let's just sort of put where everyone is. Gracie's obviously in Auckland. Gracie, sorry, you're still in lockdown. Um, you two are in Sydney. Sorry, you're still in lockdown. Um, Caitlin and I are in what we call alert level two, which is kind of free. Two plus. To, oh, sorry, two plus. Two plus. Two plus um, with masks on. So we're kind of free with masks. But we want to ask you two, you're in Sydney, you're in the midst of a really, really long lockdown, a really mm. shitty Delta outbreak. So our first question always now is actually how are you? Today, you've asked us on a really good day because the sun is shining and Kylie Jenner hasn't announced her pregnancy. So it's a great day in the world today, but we're okay. I'd say we're doing okay. We've definitely had our ups and downs, haven't we, Yeah, and you guys might be the same. We Mm. thrive at very different times. Yeah. So one is kind of never achieving everything when the other one isn't, which makes for a good partnership actually it sounds fucked up speaking out loud about it now but it's a good partnership um but yeah I'm an extrovert Jones is an introvert and I am struggling yeah 100% but even but even me as an introvert Mm. even I'm over it even I'm like let me out do you know what I mean so even us introverts are dying over here that's when you know it's really bad and so what are you both doing um in terms of uh, like because we always sort of joke about like you know even if you don't shower who gives a fuck even if you're just making banana bread every day but what do you what do you both try and do to just keep sort of I guess motivated and or happy and or just trying to be I'm trying, emphasis on the trying to exercise. I was a huge fitness fanatic before lockdown and I just assumed that I would just keep sprinting every day. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first thing to go. So even now for me, it's actually been really good for probably my long-term mental health because now I'm like, if I do half an hour of stretching, that still is okay. Like, I've probably got fucking body dysmorphia issues somewhere down the line. So, for me, it's actually a really big hurdle to be okay with not doing the most. So, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think I I totally second what Jules has said. And I think it is, even there's some days I struggle and I find that hours have gone by and I've just been sitting in front of a computer screen because we obviously still have our day jobs as as well as uh, doing good bitch. But it's just super important to make sure you do get out, even if there's just a little quick 20 minute brisk walk does do wonders for the mental health jules it was your birthday recently yes, um this isn't we're not supposed to ask this but may i ask how old you turned please i turned the big two eight i'm now 28 <laughs> hey, go off, hey. go off. <laughs> so you had to do that in lockdown 
I know, and I'm such a big birthday gal, as mm. Jodes would know. Like last year for my birthday, I hosted a hen's party for my 27th where we were all brides and I had a stripper come and we did the 69. I gave this guy head in front of all of my friends. I go off. I've had strippers three times in my birthday. Like for me, I love celebrating. I'm a gift giver. It's the one day where I can feel like I can also celebrate the people I love. Yeah. That's really nice. Um, that's that's beautiful and lovely. But let's go back. So yeah. you, um, you did what in front of you? What what was what what was that move that you did? What's the uh... yeah? So we did the sixty. So every stripper. I don't know. Have you guys had male strippers? On yeah. You before? I, I've had one. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but for hired for yourself because they go the extra mile when it's for you. Yeah. No, I've only hired it for other people and then watched and laughed I've, and then I, like yeah. cringe. I had yeah. I had one the the boys that I worked with on the radio station a couple of years ago, one Bolden on the radio and so it, it was only like PG thirteen, mm-hmm. so not mm-hmm. quite uh, <laughs> what you're about to tell us. Well, it sounds had, a lot more graphic than what it was, yeah, but I'll let holding, you get into it. Yeah, he was holding up this towel. So we were, oh, my gosh, this is a really great story, actually. <laughs> so I probably just spiked the mic, sorry. So I called. How sad is this? So on the Tuesday, I was booking for the Saturday, and you called the stripper directly, and he was like, hold up, hold up. I'm confused. Are you getting married? I said, oh, God, where to, where to begin? I said, no, it's my birthday but I want to pretend I'm getting married. And he was like, oh, God, I don't even explain that to me. And then he was like, how old are you? You sound really young. And I said, oh, I'm t- I was 26, so I'm 26 and organising. And he was like, oh, yeah, what do you look like? Girls, we fully ended up having phone sex, me and the stripper, when I was booking the stripper. So by the time it came to the main act, we, I ended up giving him go- a gobby. Oh my god! By that point, yeah, Yeah, it was great. We'd been drinking champagne since eleven a.m. I was bound to do something ratchet. He was a really sweet guy. Yeah, he came back actually. He was a sweetheart. So, um, (laughs) you're my new favorite person. (laughs) Oh my god, I love that. I hope he returned the favor. No, it was it was during the, the the strip show. He had this like little towel up, and then so it was very quick. It like was it, very quick. It was over, you know. It was it, it was, was a quick over, penis in the mouth. It was a little quick. How's your father? And then off back to the show we go. <laughs> <laughs> but it's these memories that truly get us through lockdown. Now, it now was you a bonding un- experience. Do you know what I mean? Now you understand mm. why we're okay in lockdown. We've got times <laughs> like that to to fall back on. Oh, absolutely. How, how long have you guys known each other? Two, less couple, than two years. Couple, couple years. We met sure through, through the podcast. Oh, yeah. right. So how did Good Bitch start? Because you guys have obviously like just skyrocketed and obviously have the most funny content out there. <laughs> oh, thank you. Can we just get that on record? Is Should that definitely just, on record? I'm going to need you to put that in a soundbite, Grace, and, and email that through to us after the show. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, well, it was a really like X Factor moment. Hey, we actually auditioned to be in a girl group podcast <laughs> and uh, Jodes, do you want to say this story? You actually yeah, yeah. Story. So um, basically, it, as Jules said, it was a bit of a sort of casting round. We responded to an ad from a production company company looking to put together a you know female-led podcast they were putting together a couple at the time at that time I was doing a bit of presenting I was doing stand-up so I jumped on board they essentially casted me first and then we were looking for my other half and you know I was kind of struggling until Jules walked in and I basically said I mean she just blew them away anyway but I basically said look I will not do the show unless I can have her you need to get her on board and the rest is history 
That's amazing. amazing. I love that. Yeah. And then we fucked off that company. We ran away together. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we, we literally did. ran. We did. We stayed there with them for a month, and then we got our contracts, and they were not in our favour. Like no. if you guys read them, you would die. So we just like held hands and ran off into the sunset and just started all over again from the bedroom floor. Yeah, it was very. It was giving very much like independent woman, mm-hmm. Destiny's Child. Yes, that's really cool as well because we we were we all worked at the same company when our podcast was born, and we went independent last year and it was yeah it's a great Amazing. it's a great feeling so um congrats by the way because yeah. no one understands how fucking tough that is yeah it is so hard yeah it is and and i think that you you will also appreciate how hard work that they are the, the hard work that they are uh, we 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 talked about this last week how they're they're becoming a thing like yeah, influencing yeah. was a thing now podcasting is a thing now in terms of what you what you talk about on your podcast you talk about yourselves you're really open and honest mm. about yourselves yes how does that compare to when you think about when you were growing up as young women teenagers you know learning about the birds and the bees and all that kind of chat that we're talking about now mm. was it like, because I'm just saying that it wasn't around for me. What we the discussions we had weren't around. So, mm. how have you found knowing that you are a voice for something that wasn't around when we were all growing up? Gosh, that was a long-winded way to spit it's, that out. We had to sneak it from like the Clio magazines, the yeah, dirty section that you had to tear off the side from the Clio magazines, and then you're like, oh no, I can't be reading this. A hundred percent. No, it's a great question mm. and super valid. <laughs> Look, I grew up in a small country town called Kati Kati in the Bay of Plenty. And certainly um, grew up on a beef farm, you know, about half an hour from the next town. So I completely resonate with, with you know, the void of having that female voice. Uh, a lot of what Jules and I talk about, you know, we certainly weren't having those conversations while I was growing up. I'm lucky that we had a very open household, so I felt comfortable to go to my mum about certain things. I know she normalised things like masturbation growing up and having, you know, autonomy over your body and protecting yourself as a young woman. But, I mean, certainly I don't think I really came into my confidence until at least my mid-twenties. Growing up, I, I, you know, I certainly wasn't as open with my girlfriends as I would be now. What would you say your experience was growing up, Jules? Yeah, uh, I grew up in Scarborough Beach in Perth, so the whitest suburb in the whitest, most isolated city. So we were still calling girls fucking sluts I'm sure they still do back there you know so we I really grew up with that mentality that you know girls were dirty and guys were the fucking champs and the footy champs Mm. etc and it wasn't until I moved to Sydney where I just lived with the most spectacular woman who gave me the words I was looking for which was feminism that was already it was always in my bones I don't Mm. know if it was because I grew up with a really strong father and only brothers so I was always led to believe you are just as good as the boys if not fucking better you know and that's my dad's words not mine so I always had it in me you know always questioning but why is she the bad person and he's getting away scot-free so I think yeah once you finally find that vocabulary to describe what you're feeling and you kind of oh I hate saying this but your vibe attracts your tribe yeah and you meet you know like-minded woman and now thank goodness we have the internet where it's just a whole we feel like majority of the world thinks like us it's a beautiful Mm, place well thank goodness but also you know there are a lot of people that are still very very behind the times and I can imagine you know with the chats that you guys have on your wonderful podcast there is a lot of backlash as well I was wondering what your advice would be to wahine women who 
in themselves know that someone's saying something wrong, they want to stand up for women, they want to be a feminist, but they're just not as outspoken and as confident as the five of us are to actually stand up and say something when some, you know, males are calling people sluts and centering around sex and stuff. Like, how would you guys combat that? Or how would you, what advice would you give to those women that aren't as confident as we are? You absolutely, uh, this is going to sound so much more, um, it was easy for you to say, mm. even if your voice shakes, you have to do it because you will feel more proud in yourself for saying something than you will when you walk away and you haven't said something. And for the next six months, every night you are thinking, I should have said something, I should have said something. Like those two seconds are going to be hard for two seconds and then it's over. Apart from, you know, you thinking about what you could have done for the next six months. A hundred percent. You took the words out of my mouth. Mm. I was verbatim going to say speak your truth even if your voice shakes we've had many conversations of times where Jules has relayed to me stories of her being at a house party and she was the only one to speak up and speak up for you know Mm. another party goer a female that was feeling vilified or attacked because of something she was wearing Jules herself has Mm. been attacked because of something that she was wearing but she still spoke up or stood up for that person and it's so important because it can just be one voice and then other people will stand up and take notice even if you know you're the only person one voice means more than you would understand yeah 100% it is so powerful another thing that I've really enjoyed I've just gone back and binged that your last couple podcasts vaginas they're fucking normal and we should be talking about them right like I love that and I think I mean that's something that we always bring up as well on our podcast but it's like we've been brainwashed to think that we're freaks or that that we're weird you know how have you guys found your content working <laughs> the vagina one pop the fuck off it really did it huge yeah. big, big click energy as we say big yes. click energy yes yeah, yeah it popped the fuck off and it just goes to show how much we didn't realize how, how much our gbs were yearning for that episode mm. and you know jones and i and i've been meaning to discuss this with you mm. we've always had it in the back of our head but for some reason we just haven't you know it's one of those episodes that you're like oh yeah we'll get to it why? Why? Yeah. There must even be something in that. Why wait? Yeah, yeah. What's exactly. the delay? And it's hard, you know, because we had Apple Podcasts even, um, like with Broads, even uh, censor the word clit, but we've got so much dick written in, like it's tiny things like that where the world truly is working against mm. our vulvas. Yeah, one of our highest mm. rating episodes has the word dick in it. Mm-hmm. Never had any issues with the word dick, but as soon as we use clit, oh, we want, we you know, we need to get censored. Why? It's... Mm. Uh, it's a part of our anatomy. It's it's crazy to me. I don't understand why, you know, a part of our society is still so repressed in that way. Like, mm. ugh, just boring to me. Like, mm. fucking chill. I mean, yeah. it's, it's amazing as well when you think about even, and I know that you had the beautiful Tegan from My FM on, a, on an episode as well. And I don't know if you've seen, but she's been, uh, mm. we, we, we did it, mum and I did it, one of our Joe Bro lives with her the other night. She's such a babe. I love her oh, so much. Oh, we love her. Oh, she's like a girl crush central. <laughs> and um, so she's been copping a bit of flack on social media just from basically men with tiny dicks that sit in their smelly dark rooms we know that and so but and we talked to her about like well the comment that she got about radio chicks being slobs and it's like mate try and get up at 4am and look beautiful but anyway that's Mm -hmm. not even that's an argument for another day but the other thing we were talking to her about was um and it was really cute because mum was mum was on the show as well and we were talking about Mm. periods and even when you think about 
when I think about periods when I was a teenager, it was like this horrible, awful, traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. And and then I, then mum shared her experience where it was like because she was she grew up in a big family with bugger all money. Mum mm-hmm. literally had to put rags in her underwear. That's where the term rags came. Well, that's yeah. you know on the rag. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the rag. That's environmentally friendly. Oh, that is. Oh, that was ahead of the time. I know. <laughs> I know. And so and we were talking about how. T- like shameful it was as a teenager to have your period and how traumatic it was to try tampons and and you mm. were but you were always hiding this stuff away and now we have all these wonderful women and wonderful companies pr- pr- promoting and Caitlin you know that I've come a long way with this you'll be you'll be you know I'm proud of you. but in terms mm-hmm. of like promoting uh, sustainable and healthy period talk and and fixing period poverty and just the fact that we are talking about it makes a difference. I, I don't even know if that was a question, but yes, I mean, you know what I mean? Like the more we talk mm. about all of these things um, and even celebrating how brilliant it is that you gave a stripper a, a, a cheeky blowy, the, these things, are, we must hold dear to these. Yeah, well, it, and it's not even to have, you know, we don't even have to talk about it in a on a platform like this in such a bravado way. Just on the weekend, me and my housemates, I live with boys and girls, me and my um, best girlmate housemate, she was saying how she's just had her first period with free flow. She, she's just wearing the knickers with the pads in them. She's mm-hmm. not putting anything inside of her. And it was really interesting because my guy housemates were like, oh, yeah, so how does that work? So it's even normalising it just with housemate talk, you know? Mm. Yeah, very, that's very cool. So cool. And letting guys be open about asking questions as well. Like mm. that's even they're not scared of it. Like it's not gross. It's not – it's like something that's very normal – that everybody should know about and also care about. That's yeah, mm. it's yeah. not icky. It's well, no it's natural. It's part of the system. It's part of the system. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now look, we've, I love that we've got a, quite a few topics that we want to sort of all have a yarn about um, with you as well on the show today. I don't think, uh, I don't know, there may be some out there. I sure as shit hope they don't listen to us or you, but I must say I was deeply traumatised, deeply disturbed and quite frankly thought what the fuck is going on in Texas with the abortion laws that they've just passed. Um, For anyone that's not familiar, basically the laws that have been passed mean that after six weeks it is pretty much illegal to have an abortion and what makes it even more fucked up is that if you attempt to go and have one, there is a citizen's law now that anyone can dob you in. Anyone. Your rapist. Your cousin who might have um, been the incest with you for the reason you got pregnant. And then they can dob in people that have helped you and then they get money. So uh, saying it winds me up. And, and I know that it probably hurts us all deeply to our souls. And, I mean, there's so many. Th- I mean, literally you've got a country called America who've just left Afghanistan and said, oh, we're so worried about women's rights from the Taliban. It's like, hey, just down the road, I don't know if you've just seen what you're doing down the road in your own country. But anyway, see, I mean, these kinds of conversations as well. I remember, like, abortions were never talked about when I was a teenager, and we are only just still breaking that taboo shamefulness about abortions and it's Mm. such a watershed moment in terms of that but then you watch what happens over there and it's like holy shit what what, how and we all must talk about it people might go it's far away it's texas it's fucking weird whatever no Mm. we must keep talking about it Mm -hmm. 
Well, it's the, it's the outlook on, see, you know, when they pulled them from the Taliban saying, oh, we're trying to protect women. Well, they clearly don't. You know, you can't pick and choose when you're a feminist. And I think, yeah, like you were saying, we have to normalise it here first for people to even take a look at Texas seriously. And I know for myself, I went and with one of my friends to get her abortion um, probably about a year, a year ago now. And even I was like, oh, am I going to be there for days? I, I, don't, I had no clue what it actually entailed. Mm. When I went there, I was like, this is quite nice and it's not even a big deal. And, like, that's me, a really strong feminist. So if I've got all these ideas of, oh, there's going to be killing babies in one corner, like, of course, the average white Australian, the average, sorry, the male in Australia and New Zealand are going to have these dreaded thoughts and it's going to make them not care at all. A hundred percent. There is definitely that that shameful and that, that fear element attached mm. is there. I mean, I got my Marina IUD inserted at an abortion clinic and I remember there were protesters, mm. and this is in Surrey Hills, there were protesters outside that I had to wade through just to get contraception inserted. And that to me was crazy. Again, the experience itself was fine. I just felt like I was having a conversation with a doctor. I was having a normal procedure and then I was out. And yet on the other side of that, you are bombarded with people who, unlike Jules and I, are not pro-choice. And that to me is a very scary reality. The fact that Texas are trying to create this society Mm -hmm. where essentially people are openly vilified and essentially creating a manhunt for any woman that wants autonomy over her body Mm. is a disgrace and absolutely we're with you girls we get really rocked up and really passionate about this too and it is upsetting yeah i mean these girls that caitlin and gracie know that (laughs) i've yelled we've got some here down at the hospital in christchurch and i either i used to the first time i saw them I was so angry and I yelled at them and I shared it on social media and I, I thought, oh my gosh, I've, you know, this is, this is a big thing to do this. This is, mm. you're, you're sticking your head out and it's, I, it, I guess it's, I guess it's probably now like much similar to when you come out and say that you're pro-vaccine, the, an, the antis will climb on you, they will climb on you. So mm. it was a, it was a nerve wracking moment. And then I was like, and then I had thousands upon thousands of messages from women going you do not know how much this means to me to watch you do this mm-hmm. and, and stories and that and so then I was like right I'm fucking going down there I'm going down there and so then we had our first lockdown and so obviously I couldn't go down there and then after lockdown I got this massive ginormous piece of cardboard and I had pink spray paint and because I knew that they were all standing there with their just mm. whack signs and so mm-hmm. I stood there with my sign in the, fir- at the first week it said ignore these Muppets with an arrow <laughs> so I would just stand next to them with that and then the week after I, I, had, I could flip it so then the other side mm. was my womb ain't your business and then what that created was every week girls other girls came and turned up with their signs and stuff and we created this thing and so the, the guys, the guys, may I add. Exactly. Who, who would, probably have all benefited from abortions, can I just say. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so now we have, now they try and, like, because they used to always go at Friday, 10 a.m., and then they had to, like, flip their days because they were just getting bombarded by angry women, and it was like, fucking go home and get a fucking hobby. And the worst <laughs> thing is, I'll just fire off, and I, I know that I'm really rabbiting on, but, like, I said to one of them one day, because they're obviously really religious, and that's cool. That is their choice. 
I, I do not go and stand outside their church with a sign saying Jesus isn't real because that's what I think. I don't. Mm-hmm. I respect that that's their beliefs. And if they don't want an abortion, cool, but it ain't got nothing to do with me. Okay, good. Good, everyone We're good. We're with you. We're with you yeah, with the go passion. Off, Seth, go off. <laughs> right. Anyway, Gracie, you've got some okay. ripping listener questions. Hey all, I've been with my wife for four years. The next step is that we both want to have children. This road has been more difficult than ever than I could ever could have imagined as a same-sex couple. Donors fall through, extra tests and costs, countless heartbreaks, picking each other off the ground, and it takes a selfless, kind and considerate and incredible human to give us the chance to be mothers. It scares the hell out of me that this chance lies in the hands of someone else. My wife recently says life could be easier if I was with a man. I feel this is a huge strain on our relationship. How do we hold on to happiness? Even though we know the next step depends on the outside world, she constantly makes mention that if I left her, it'd be easier for me to have a family. I know it comes from a place of insecurity, but how do we push through? How do we hold on to happiness from someone who thrives off control and with COVID making donations very hard at the moment? How do we hold on to hope? Very serious question. That is a big one, isn't it, Jules? Mm, Such a big one. I can feel the pain of that other person, Mm. the person she's referencing of how insecure they must feel and you kind of become, you know, when you're in, I wouldn't say these types of situations, but in really hectic situations, you kind of say to your partner, and we hate to admit it, you say like, you know, do you still love me? Do you still love me? So I feel like they almost have to, I don't know these people's ages, but it's almost like they almost have to focus back on each other Mm. before they take this next step. It's probably easier said than done. You know, I've just said on the podcast, I'm 28 years of age, but it sounds like they're almost losing the foundation. Exactly. It feels. It almost feels like there needs to be like a period of reconnection mm-hmm. between these two to kind of remind themselves, hey, why are we in this together? Why are we out here trying to have this baby? Like, what brought us to this place? Because if they lose that, mm. it's like, you know, mm-hmm. they just need to go back to basics. That's yeah. amazing. I, I can wholeheartedly agree because I think that when you uh, are so focused your energy on, on one thing... Mm everything else seems to seems to go away and so I think it's so similar in relationship breakdowns not just over something like this but you know at one point you stop talking to each other about everything else so I think that I agree it, it, you need to sit down and have a like have a beautiful chat and peel all the layers back and start from scratch again and and that's not to say that it's going to fix, you know, the fact that you want children and it's not going to make it magically happen any easier. But at least if you just get back on that level playing field then and, and then write everything down as well. I'm a big big believer in terms of writing things down and, and sort of thinking, okay, let's formulate a few plans and let's have an A, B, C and D. And we need to, but we need to both agree on them. Like, there's no point you carrying on with something if you are if your loved one and your other half isn't all the way there with you because it'll just break you. So that's that's my two cents. And let's not forget that for some, for a lot of people, having a baby is hard. Mm. So it's not going to make it any easier if you are like it might not make it any easier with the same sex couple, but. If you are going to do it, you may as well do it with someone you love. Like the fact that you love your wife and you've been together for four years, 
you know, like think about that. Don't try and think, oh, it would be easy. Like everyone thinks the other side of life, it would be easier. Grass is always greener on the other side. It's not always the case. And it's like they've already been through the hundredth hurdle and they've still lasted together. So obviously they are stronger. Mm. They're stronger than this and they will overcome it, you know, because if their relationship wasn't meant to be that, you know, the universe would have torn them apart on hurdle number two. Mm. It's out of their control with COVID as well. Like it's totally something Mm. that everybody, you know, at the moment it's going to be really hard to donate sperm. It's, it's, it's just a bit tricky globally with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So don't beat yourself up. It's, this it's is this hard. makes you sound like what I go against with everything that I say because I'm fully like not happy, dippy. Well, no, like I love it, but I'm like everything happens at the time that it's supposed to, when it's supposed to. Everything happens for a reason. I don't know. Oh, I you're, you're talking to the right girls. Yeah, we're we're full. We are full. we bitches, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Broads, I need to speak to you after this as well because I got a um, on my actual birthday. I had a dating coaching session. <gasps> And I feel like my problems are, you'll resonate. I was thinking about you, actually. Oh, okay. Um, Just about the masculine energy. I was actually thinking about you because you have my same problem of huge, big, clit energy. And tell she was tell like, me. Tell yeah, me. Can I, should I say it? Yeah. yeah she was basically saying what you say you want does not match up to your actions. You're saying, I want a man's and I want someone who can make me feel femme, but in every point of your life you're taking up all the masculine energy Mm. you are not the universe is like well where do i put this man you are independent i'm very like i'm too busy like you like you bro it's like very masculine energy i'm a leader i'm very dominant so where the fuck are they supposed to fit in and i make men feel like that as well she was like who organizes the dates and i was like well me she was like okay well who, who chooses what to order to drink i'm like well me and who texts after me 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 she was like you are just mask there's no part of you that is femme well there is but you just refuse mm. to show it until you show it will you find someone mm-hmm. it's about tapping into that divine feminine mm. isn't it and she was saying it's not because she was like I, I know what you're thinking you're thinking i don't want to be a pushover i don't want to be that is mm. not femme feminine is the invitation so you can say like, hey, do you feel like going out for a drink? And just leaving it there. You don't have to do everything. Mm. Jeez. It's just allowing yeah, rather allowing. than forcing. Yeah. Them. yeah. You know? I think- and men, they're simple creatures, mm-hmm. girls. They respond. Yeah, see that's they respond accordingly. I think as well when you're so used to the used mm-hmm. to being that way, so you're mm-hmm. so used to your mannerisms and your behaviours like mm-hmm. that. You learn behaviours and 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 only getting more, I guess, stubborn than that. That that is quite is really really interesting because I I that that is me that that is me. Mm. You are talking yeah. about me as well. She said some real home truths as well, and it's funny because you know these things that you you think about yourself, but once they're said from a third party, for some reason it just sinks in all of the sudden. Mm. She was saying. I said, but you don't understand if I don't talk on a date, these men are so such dum-dums, they won't actually ask me any questions. You know, like sometimes if you get off a phone to a guy and you're like, did he actually ask me anything? No. Does he even know what my fucking, like, you know, my last name is? No. Here I am asking about his fucking sister's hair colour, whereas he knows nothing about me. So I was saying to her, if I don't ask questions, 
there won't be a good day. And she was like, well, it doesn't have to be a good day. And I was like, but it has to. He has to. I like people to have fun around me. And she was like, but why? There's something yeah. in that. You don't always have to be the entertainer. Mm. You can be still. And if they're not for you, they'll drop away. And I was like, oh, yeah. my God, that just makes me, like, combust. Again, it's you wanting to control an Completely. outcome. Oh, my God, this is blowing my mind. But it's so it's so hard to do though, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it, girls? When we've had years and years of this programming mm-hmm. and based, you know, from our childhood and growing up, it's so hard to undo. And it is. It's like we're constantly having to do the work and reflect on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, especially good, good on you, Jules. Thank you. Yeah. Especially in Sydney, it's such a masculine. It is the rat mm. race, man. Like yeah. it is not like beautiful motherland New Zealand. Yeah. Absolutely not. The energy here. Have you guys been here? Yeah. Yeah. The energy yeah. is like. Mass. Yeah. So Australia is a masculine society. New Zealand is the motherland. Yeah. That's why when I go back home, when I go to the Coromandel, I always feel replenished and I feel so relaxed. And it's like it's such a getaway because as soon as I get back in Sydney, it's like you can feel the stress come in. So in mm. order to get anywhere in life in Sydney, you have to be masked. We have mm. to go after it. It is so cutthroat. You know, if I can, Linda's been in her spot for 20 years. Fuck off, Linda. Now I'm there. Like it's real <laughs> dog eat dog world. It's not like I can just Fucking turn it Linda, off. Right? <laughs> Like I can just turn it off from 7 to 7.30 on a Saturday. Like, it's really yeah. fucking hard. Especially in corporate, man. It's ruthless mm. over here. Anyway, yeah. that's my life. Anyway, we can talk about that all day. But, like, are you guys just constantly exhausted? That make, Just you talking about it makes me feel exhausted. Yeah, Joe's had burnout this year. I had burnout this year mm. from, yeah, basically. How did that feel and what did you experience? I mean, exhaustion. Um, I had to cut out all caffeine. I had weekly massage, weekly acupuncture. I was put on all these metagenic supplements to basically unwind my nervous system from the inside out and de-stress. And I think it was just, yeah, accumulated stress from two years of basically having two jobs on rotation and us just grinding out like we have with Good Bitch from the jump, but then also working in the background as well. It does take its toll when you're on all the time and we are so driven. So it was a learning for me and and how to actually step back and make sure that you're listening to your body, you're taking that time for yourself as well. There was an amazing book actually that um, a good another podcast from a good friend of the pod, Stacey June, put me on to called Fried, um, which I would highly recommend for anyone dealing with burnout. Amazing. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, mm. Now we've got uh, we've got another doozy of a question. I was going to say for next week. <laughs> now, here we go. This is, this is I, I, I'm going to be interested what everyone's answer is in this. Hi, guys. I have just gone back to university. I'm 25 and I'm absolutely loving it, despite feeling very old every day as I'm surrounded by 18-year-olds. All was going well <laughs> until this semester when I got put into a tutorial class with the hottest tutor. He's the same age as me, and I have developed the biggest crush on him. I look forward to and get nervous around my tutorials every week because I know I will get to see him. What do I do? I know I can't do anything, if at all, until the end of the semester. I haven't had a crush like this since primary school, and it's driving me crazy. Any tips or advice would be really appreciated. Right. Do you want to speak on this one, Jules? I feel like Jules might have a bit of life experience on this one. <laughs> fuck him. Fuck him. Like, 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 fuck him. A hundred percent. Fuck him and his dad if you can. You're not going to have the same tutor. Like, it's going to, it's, when is it done? In like fucking four weeks or something? Yeah, end of semester. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Oh, God. I'll start laying down the work now, my darling, and come the end of semester party, he's yours. I don't see any negative in this at all. If you're both the same age and there's not predator vibes, 
green light. Yeah, I'm not picking up any predator vibes, mm -mm. hey. Mm -mm. I don't, it was not illegal. You're allowed to... Are you, like, I mean, are you Are you allowed to fuck your tutor? Just, but if they're the same age, I mean, only if it would make it awkward because they have to keep going back. I mean, it's, it's bad probably from his point, but she's not doing anything yeah, that, wrong. That's, that's <laughs> just, I've just realised what Jodie was putting down <laughs> when she said it might be awkward. There's a situation I'm currently in. <sighs> That I can't move, I can't move upon. Right. But it's definitely there and Jodie sees it mm. week in, week out. Right. Um, but there's definitely, there's little things that uh, we're building up. Right. So that's my advice. Build it up slowly. Yeah. So then come, come the Christmas party, Jodie's going to have to be the it, ultimate wing woman. It's on. Just start, sit, like, start like low-key tuning him in class, like give him the old wink, mm -hmm. you know? <gasps> and then in four, four weeks. Wink, you know, wink. Is wink thing still a thing? Wink, wink. Did I say wank or wink? Look, go off, sis. Whatever you want to do, I say wink. But if she wants to wank, then go off. Um, if it's only four weeks, like, come on. No harm, no foul. Jesus. You regret the, the risk you don't, don't take. take. Girls. That's, oh, that's on God. Okay. That's beautiful. That's, that's some spiritual God. shit. Yeah. See, yeah, I, love it. I love like it. to think that, oh, gosh, I don't know. Oh, I'm interested to see what you two got to say because I'm like, okay, call me the old boring one. I just say wait, wait. I'm just saying wait till the end of semester. If you've got a crush on this guy, you don't want to get him fired. Like imagine getting him fired. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, sorry. Yeah. I'm I think sorry. it's bad from him. I think he would get in trouble. So yeah, but so like, I'm if saying, he was like marking go. your exams, like if he was like the actual marker for the exams, that could get really messy. Tease him. Keep it real private though. Don't let anybody else in mm. your class know. Like, what, if the, what if the WAP's amazing? She's going to A-plus all the way home. <laughs> well, what a great way to be excited about going to class, though. Yeah. Oh, the girls are missing out on a lot of positives, oh. a lot of extracurricular opportunities, you know. <laughs> Do it for the story, doll. Maybe yeah. she could get some et extra credit. You're not thinking about her education. Stop your education. <laughs> Okay. Whatever happens, you have to please report back. Yeah. Also, do we know that he is single? We no, don't we know. don't. Yeah. I assume he is because we don't get down like that. Mm. If he's if he's not single, then sis, yeah. keep it moving. Keep it moving. Yeah. Keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, I tell you, um, just before we before we let you two lovely ladies go, I don't know if either of you have watched. Um, I've only watched one episode and Caitlin and I were messaging about this the other night. There's a program called The Flight Attendant and um, it's on Neon here in New Zealand. Oh. And Caitlin and I were messaging and it's this, like, obviously it's a flight attendant. Um, Casey, Casey, Kaylee, Kakao, Kakao, Kakao. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we know. Well, I know yeah, yeah. Big Bang, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah. K yeah. Casey, Kakao, Kakao. Who sadly just broke up with her husband in real life. Anyway. And, yeah. and on that has wiped every ounce of him off her social media, her husband, Ooh. every ounce. Ouch. Aww. Yeah. Oh, but, like, good she's for her. Like tens of millions. Mm. She's worth, she's yeah. so rich. I know, it's like, really hard to feel sorry for her. Yeah. I'm like, oh, she'll be fine. Well, I'll just use my tens to yeah. <laughs> cry the tears. I'll use my money to, you know, wipe <laughs> the tears away. Well, but she, so she's in this um, show called The Flight Attendant. She's obviously Flight Attendant. She gets to, um, she has one night in Bangkok in the world's your oyster. And she meets this dude and he's fucking hot. He's in business class. And then they, oh, oh and all, oh, I was just sitting there, 
and Caitlin was the same. It was like, first of all, travel, and then <laughs> second of all, holiday fling. Like, yeah. oh, mm. man. So many points of arousal, seriously. Oh. <laughs> oh, I just thought, I just got me thinking. It was like, I might just go down to Timaru. <laughs> <laughs> wrong with Timaru. There is nothing wrong with Timaru. Uh, I aren't you going to Wellington? I'm, I'm going to Wellington with mum, man. Oh, Come that'll on. be great. Come My on. God, Brody, Brody, you need to, I know you can't right now. So Brody is supposed to be moving to Auckland, girls. <laughs> and one of the biggest reasons up. is because she lives with her mum and she can't even masturbate when oh, she is it. at her house because her mum is right next door. And I told her to stop being... <sighs> I told her just to do it and stop being so loud. What, is your mum in bunk beds with your doll or something? <laughs> they are quite thin walls. We can recommend a vibrator for that, honey. Oh, well, let's talk babe. offline. We bought her one. We bought her the Satisfy Pro too, the one that's oh, sharp. Waterproof. waterproof, waterproof. Waterproof. And she's still like, no, nah, my mum's like, I'm like, Just oh, fuck away, God. all right? I'm fine. I'm, I'm it's all the right. mental thing for bro. She oh, can't get past the bro- mental. Hashtag free Brody Kane. We need to get <laughs> Look, it'll be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I'm, don't worry. It'll just mean that I'm absolutely fucking tampan. I'm fucking tampan when it's time to go up there. Honestly, oh, I'm just dropping things. Lock away your sons. Um, yeah. no, but the flight attendant is amazing. Yeah. It's a dark comedy thriller and just absolutely watch it. Yeah. Can't recommend it enough. Anyway, hey, hey, that was absolutely fantastic. Um, Amazing. Thank, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as I said at the start, I think we can all agree that um, it's so, and we talked about it uh, last week as well, Jules and Jodes, that creating environments where anyone actually can feel safe and comfortable and feel part of something, whether it's actually diving into some d- deeper issues or actually just having a fantastic chat about the time someone um, gave someone a blowy a- a- oh, as they were stripping, which is just iconic now. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No, thank you. Let's grab a drink once oh. these, once we're all out of jail. We should almost do like a wine tour together. Yeah. Yeah. And, we'll, and we'll grab a stripper each. Why not? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And um, yeah, thank you, Caitlin and Gracie. And um, that was amazing. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.